Welcome to the Who Made Child Priest podcast, where we have conversations about everyday life experiences through the eyes of two people who just happen to be priests. We will share some of our personal experiences along our spiritual journey, and on occasion, discuss the issues of our time. Five, four, eight. Oh, Shayun. What's going on, man? We back with another episode. Man, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired, bro. You tired? Just, what you tired from, man? I just got in for traveling. I, I went to Sacramento for the weekend uh, to go hang with family. You know, it's um, not only is it a universal year six, but it's a personal year six for us. So we got to get that family time in. Right. So had to do that. I got to pack and I had to unpack. And then repack because I'm going to Cuba on Saturday. Oh yeah, man! Don't forget, don't get the acting all brand new once you get to Cuba too, man. I still need your old palm. Nah, I got you. I got you. <laughs> I'm gonna take two suitcases over there. I'm gonna try to to load up. Oh, you coming back with the E5 payload? Huh? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna take like a little suitcase for my clothes, and then I'm gonna take a big suitcase for all the souvenirs I can bring back. <laughs> man i thought you couldn't go to cuba i thought you couldn't go to cuba from over here see you, you sounding like the police now Yo, don't don't even worry about it, <laughs> it, it no so i'm not going on vacation i'm going for the good of the cuban people right you know and i'm going for religious purpose on top of that right you know? providing the service man exactly and being that i'm a priest of v5 i gotta go down there and you know, connect with the people who, who study, you know, our, our African spiritual traditions. Right, right. I feel you, man. I wish I could go with you, man, but I, I'll be there with you in spirit, man. Just bring me old pun back. Yeah, I'm going to go down there. I'm going to peep the same, and then we'll go back together for the yeah. good of the Cuban people. <laughs> for the good of the Cuban people, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, so how has uh, the, the support that we've uh, gotten from our first episode. How has that felt to you? Man, it felt good. I got a lot of, you know, phone calls, text messages, you know, messages on social media, you know, talking about, you know, the podcast and, you know, what people felt about the podcast and how they could relate to the different things that we were talking about. So, man, I was excited about it. Um, I didn't really know what to expect going into it, but, you know, um, I'm really excited, man. Yeah, I didn't I didn't expect uh as much as we got, but uh I'm glad we got it. Uh even even our own Oluo called me and uh asked me about listening to the podcast. So the last time I talked to him, he said he was about thirty five minutes in. So even our Oluo gave it a listen. So that's a blessing right there. Okay, so he must be that that uh one percent at you see uh, that? was it sixty percent <laughs> and older or sixty five percent. You know, yeah. whatever that was. That's the same thing I said. When I looked at the demographics, I was like, oh, that's that's Baba right there, the uh, 60 plus. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, man. But we had somebody listening. Uh, we know that was Boz in Mexico. Shout out to uh, Omoawo Boz. Uh, we had uh, somebody listening in Brazil. And we also had somebody listening in Germany. So, man, it's moving, man. It's moving. Wow. Yeah. You know, we just, you know, keep bringing the content and, and keep pubbing it. You know, 
hopefully it'll keep growing and grow. Yeah, I hope so, man. Yeah, man. So, man, the last, what, two weeks or so, man, it's been a lot going on uh, for women in the world, uh, it seems like, or uh, at least specifically here in the U.S., um, you had the the Roe v. Wade, mm, um, right? Stuff come out or was leaked, so they say. And then you had uh, Kevin Samuels, his passing, and mm. you know women coming out of the woodwork to uh, to talk about that or bash him and and things of that nature. Um, so, what you think about the Roe v. Wade? Roe v. Wade. Man, you know, I had not thought about Roe v. Wade for a long time. I remember studying, uh, well, I won't call it studying. I, I I remember Roe v. Wade being mentioning in some history or social studies class that I had taken once upon a time. But since the leak, uh, or this supposed leak, this alleged leak, uh, what I found, uh, I've I've talked to a few people about uh, the Roe v. Wade thing and its possible overturning, and I found that many people have strong feelings about its repeal, but don't really know what Roe v. Wade was about and what the overturn or the possible overturn does and doesn't do. So let's do this first. So Roe v. Wade was a case that actually started here in Texas, in Dallas, uh, back in the late 60s. A lady by the name of Norma McCorvey, uh, whose name was changed in the case to Jane Roe. She was on her third pregnancy and didn't want to have another child, so she wanted an abortion. But abortions were illegal in Texas at the time. So her lawyers, two women, uh, Sarah Weddington and Linda Coffey. They filed a lawsuit against the Dallas County District Attorney named Henry Wade. So hence the, the title Roe v. Wade. Uh, to make a long story short, the case went to the Supreme Court and Roe won a 7-2 vote where it was determined that a right to an abortion was a right provided in the Due Process Clause in the 14th Amendment to the Constitution. But the Supreme Court also decided that this right was not absolute. So they had uh, three criteria uh, that was added to this decision. Uh, And it was based on the trimesters of pregnancy. The first criteria said that in the first trimester, the government could not restrict abortions at all. This means that any woman that wanted to have an abortion within the first trimester could have it, no questions asked. Uh, In the second trimester, the government could restrict due to possible health problems. Now, this is seemingly health problems of both the mother and the fetus or either or. And in the third trimester, the government could restrict it entirely. Now, what a lot of people don't talk about is that there was a later case after Roe v. Wade, which was called Planned Parenthood versus Casey. Uh, This also went to the Supreme Court the Supreme Court kept the Roe v. Wade decision, but they changed the criteria from uh, the trimesters of pregnancy to it having to do with the viability of the fetus. So for me, in essence, the federal government mandated to the states that they had to provide abortion services and could only restrict 
based on those criteria. Now, the overturning of Roe v. Wade doesn't make abortion illegal in America. It puts the discussion back in the hands of the states and allows the residents of that state to vote on the legality or the illegality of abortion. Now, I said all of that. Uh, you asked me about my thoughts on Roe v. Wade. Uh, just to be trans, as transparent as I can be, I'm against abortion. Uh, and it's my spirituality that informs that belief. Uh, I'm of the understanding that sex is not just a physical act, but a spiritual one. And mm. that this act calls for a being in the spirit realm to incarnate or reincarnate here in the realm of our mother earth. And to abort that for me is the equivalent of stifling out a fire that God has lit. Um, today, we live in a society where it is said that the choice is for the woman to make by herself alone. Um, yet it takes the two complementary opposites of male and female to make the child or to call this child in from the spirit realm. Now, God has ordained or nature has ordained woman to be the vessel of the child and the portal through which the child must come. But there were two conscious beings that decided to participate in that act, calling this child from the spirit realm. So if there is a decision that must be made concerning an abortion or keeping the child, uh, it should be made between those two adults. Now, a while back, I read something to you and uh, maybe I sent you a picture of it uh, and it was concerning uh, veganism. And I'm going to read you this quote so that uh, our listeners can hear it. Also, uh, it's attributed to Pythagoras. And of course, I know that our ancestors had a concept of uh, karma uh, long before Pythagoras existed. But this is right. what Listen, quote, as long as humans continue to destroy ruthlessly the living beings from the lower kingdoms, they will know neither help nor peace. As long as they massacre animals, they will kill each other. In effect, whoever sows murder and suffering cannot reap joy and love. End quote. Now, this was, uh, again, it was uh, attributed to Pythagoras, and he was talking about veganism or vegetarianism and he was talking about the killing of animals for our consumption but i think that that quote is applicable to the conversation that we're having because <laughs> the abortion for me this is these are just my thoughts my opinion to me is murder and as long as we continue to murder our children as long as we continue to put out these fires that God has lit, we can't expect not to continue to see murder in our in our own neighborhoods, which is where these abortion clinics are, uh, to be perfectly honest. They are in our neighborhoods. They are in the predominantly Black and Hispanic neighborhoods. And the conscious and woke community, they know about the founding of Planned Parenthood and how 
racist that was, but we will still clamor for uh, the right, so-called right, to have an abortion. Now, I know after saying all of this that uh, there's a lot of people out there that disagree with me. But I do want to say that these are my thoughts, and I do not think that my thoughts, my beliefs, my philosophy, my spirituality should be legislated. These are just my thoughts and how I feel about it. And I would not vote for uh, a woman not to be able to have an abortion. So these are just my thoughts on the subject. So what about what about you? You agree, disagree, indifferent, or what are your thoughts about Roe v. Wade, it's possible overturning and abortion in general? Well, I have a lot of thoughts, actually, when it Come comes to this topic. Come on with them. Um, first, I want to say that quote by Pythagoras, I agree a thousand percent. Um, I've been vegan for, it'll be 10 years, December 1st. I did not become, or I should say, plant-based. Because I understand that veganism is a movement that has to do about the, the planet and um, love for the animals and things of that nature. Right. So that wasn't my intent when I started um, abstaining from meat and, and animal byproducts. It was all about my physical body and health. However, probably a year or two into it, you know, it, that the whole thing about taking care of animals and the planet that started to kind of seep into my consciousness and I became more conscious of that. So I don't have any argument against what um, Pythagoras said. And actually I, I agree with him a hundred percent. Now, when it comes to abortion and before I get into that, I want to backtrack a little bit because I want to provide some more context for um, Norman McCorvey. Mm. And um, there's a documentary actually that you can watch um, that was on FX. And they did it like a couple of years ago about her life. Mm. So as you mentioned, she did have three children. And the oldest child that she had was raised primarily by her mom. And she gave the other two up for adoption. Now, people might not understand this or know this, she actually never had an abortion because the case wasn't decided until after she was essentially forced to carry the baby to term. So she gave that baby up for adoption. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so she was really poor. Um, she was struggling to kind of make ends meet. And she just felt like she didn't have the finances to be able to, to take care of her children. See, like she had kind of rough relationships um, with men and then kind of fell in love with a woman at some point. Mm. But during the, you know, 1970s and 1980s, that kind of was frowned upon. So it, at one point, sometime in the 90s, she actually had like a really public religious conversion. And she began to have a, a struggle morally with the case in which she brought to the Supreme Court. So she actually, for the last, 
I think two decades of her life fought on the side of anti-abortion. Wow. Yeah, I did not know that at all. Yeah, yeah. Now, now here's where it gets interesting, though. Even though she fought on the side of anti-abortion and re- said that she regretted um, ever having the case go to Supreme Court because of her new religious beliefs, on her deathbed, she then said she didn't really believe in anti-abortion and that she just did it because she was paid to say so. Wow. But there is also other information that said that she did kind of morally wrestle back and forth with, you know, was abortion good or was it bad? So that's just a little bit more information on Norma McCorvey. Again, the documentary is on FX. If you want to learn more about that, go ahead and check it out. I'm going to definitely do that. So with abortion, I studied other spiritual traditions outside of Christianity before I got to um, Ifa. And there's some some traditions, I think like in uh, either the Buddhist or the Hindu tradition that believes the child isn't actually alive or, or viable until it takes its first breath. And that's when it connects with the spirit. Right. So if that's the case, then if you abort the baby prior to it coming into the world, then you're not actually ending a life. You're just getting rid of a vessel. So that's one way of looking at it. And at that time, I was like, I can get with that. Right. And then I get to E5. And I'm actually reading this book now um, by the by an Ia by the name of Ia Fajalavi. I hope I didn't butcher her name, but I told you on the last episode, you know, <laughs> my Europe was a little rusty. You'd be struggling, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But it's called Iyami the Dawn of Lila. And in that book, she actually stated that she was conscious and can remember her existence while she was in her mom's womb. Right. And that she was saying that she can actually remember being in the womb and she could feel her mother's feelings. Mm. You know, she could feel the the issues that her mom and her dad was having through the feelings and the emotions that her mom was going through. And she even goes to say in the book that after she was born, she, or after she got older, I should say, she had conversations with her dad recalling moments of her birth and her daddy was able to actually confirm that like, yeah, that did happen. Like, how did you know this? She said, because I was conscious for all that. I can remember. So with her story, then that means that you are actually a living human being while inside of the womb. Right. So then that starts to kind of complicate things 
for me. So I don't want to say that I'm pro-abortion or anti-abortion and then not because I'm trying to ride the fence because I believe everybody has their right to choose. Mm. I do think that abortion being a thing is a reflection on the uh, degradation of our society as a whole. Right. I think that's more of the issue. I think the abortion is a symptom of a bigger issue. Mm. It's like when you had mentioned, like this shouldn't just be the decision of the mom. It should also be the decision of the father. Well, because we're not entering into relationships, because we're not planning these relationships, because we're not planning to have kids and it's just kind of happening, then that's what puts us in a situation where it's like, you know, I got to make a decision. We're two separate individuals. I got to do what's best for me. And I think that is the bigger issue. Now, I also want to say this, in full disclosure, I've actually had an abortion before. Um, it was a long time ago. And I started dealing with this woman that I had just met. And probably a month or so into it, she comes down stairs, tells me to come upstairs. I go upstairs. She leads me to her bathroom and point down on the sink. There's a pregnancy test. Mm. And I look at it and I'm like, what this mean? Because <laughs> I don't know the lines. That, <laughs> and, and I don't know if it was just I was kind of stunned in, in disbelief or whatever. But she like uh, means that I'm pregnant. Wow. So I'm like, oh. And in my mind, I'm thinking we having a good time. We having fun together. It's all good. I don't know if I want to have a baby with you. Well, actually, let me back that up. I know that I don't want to have a baby with you because I just don't know you. Right. I don't know where in life you're, you're going to go. I'm going to go. If two months later we decide we don't like each other, I don't, I don't know. So I just put it on her. I just asked, so what do you want to do? So... um she schedules a doctor's appointment, goes to the doctor, takes a test. They confirm she's pregnant. So she tells me this information. I look at her. I'm like, what do you want to do? She was like, you get an abortion. And she was a lot younger than me. Um, she probably, I was 30, 31. She was like 23. Mm-hmm. So um, she schedules an appointment uh, to have an abortion. So I get the money out and I ride with it. Now, I don't know really why I went. I don't know if I went, because you know how you had them stories where the, the <laughs> women be pregnant and then you give them the money and then right. they go to the mall. I really don't know. <laughs> That's why you went. That's why you went to protect your I don't know if I went just to women. Commit. Probably that might have been in the back of the head. Like I gotta confirm this, and so so we get in the car and we drive 
an hour away from Dayton to Cincinnati. So I, I'm assuming either there was no abortion clinics in Dayton at the time, or maybe it was the the, the closest one, or the, the 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 one that she can get a scheduled in the soonest was the one in Cincinnati. So we go down there, and then you got these people protesting outside. Right. And I'm thinking like, oh, this is wild. So we park, and then we go into the clinic, and the inside of the clinic is like a gas station in the hood after midnight. It's like bulletproof glass and all that. Like you doing transition, like you putting things up under, you know, the this little window. And I said, "Wow, this is this is serious business." Yeah, it is. Um, so we go upstairs, um, going to the lobby. We're just sitting there for a few minutes. She's called in the back. She's called in the back, and I'm out there chilling, and I fall asleep, and I sleep like a baby. And I'm illustrating this just to show difference in mindsets and thoughts about this from then to now. Right. Slept like a baby. I don't think nothing of it. Matter of fact, I'm so in such a deep sleep. And I feel getting nudged, and I wake up, and it's her shaking me awake. She's done. And I'm in there drooling. So I'm like, oh, okay, let's go. So we leave. We ride back to Dayton, back then about an hour away. Now, I don't know. I don't remember the conversation like on the way back. I don't remember we talked much. I think I probably asked, like, you know, how was it? You know, how are you feeling? Maybe, maybe not. Don't quote me on that because I really don't remember. Mm-hmm. So we roll up there. Uh, my friends asked me what happened. I told them, you know, abortion was done, it's good, and it's over. And I don't think anything else about it. Nothing else about it. Fast forward 12 12 plus years later. I get a reading from a medium. And um, that a friend of mine had told me about that they had used. And that this medium was amazing. Told them things that couldn't believe, was able to talk to the ancestors. She was able to have conversations back and forth with dead ancestors. I was like, oh, that's up my alley. Right. You know, so by this time I've had multiple E5 readings, but this is something a little different. I was intrigued. I figured it was worth paying a couple of dollars. And if it was a, a hoax, then hey, you know what? I had the experience, no big deal. So I called a lady up. And we have this interview on Skype, right? Or I should say this reading, not interview, reading on Skype. So I hit up on Skype. So we're talking. So she tells me, you know, um, this is kind of how I do my readings. I start off by telling you um, what the loudest person or the strongest spirit is saying. And then from there, 
you know, if you have any questions, you can ask me. If there's any people you want to talk to, say their name, and I'll see if they come forward. I said, okay, I'm ready. So now, again, I had E5 readings. I'm used to some chanting, hear some background noise from the chain and all that. So, <laughs> right. you know, so I'm, I'm waiting for her to kind of, you know, chant and this, that, and the other. All she does is she puts her head down. And she says, oh, my God. So I'm like, what? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What's going on? <laughs> you want to know what's going on? Yeah, like, <laughs> like, what happened? So she says, I've never had this happen in my entire life. And I'm 56 years old. And I've been doing this for a while. I said, oh, okay. This sounds this sound juicy. <laughs> like, let me have it. Like, come on. No. She said, there's a baby that's coming first. And I've never had this, I, I never had a baby come to me so strongly. And she said, so have you ever had an abortion or a miscarriage? Wow. And I'm like, yes. And she said, yeah. This baby did not did not make it uh, to term, and she said that the baby so badly wants to be with me to the point that if I don't have the baby, the baby will come through a family member that's close to me, so they can be close to me. Then she goes on to say, this baby has an energy like they're they're coming to like change the world, like humanitarian, change the world type of energy. I said, wow. So I said, do you know um, when this baby died via abortion or miscarriage? And she's like, I'm sorry. You know, I never, I never get that information. I apologize. I said, no problem. She said, oh, wait a minute, I'm lying. I said, okay. She said, 13 years ago? Does that ring a bell? So I did real quick math, like, <laughs> oh, yes, that does ring a bell. Mind you, when I got my reading at my first initiating process in E5, I was told to put a baby rattle or, or something to remember a baby by that had died via miscarriage or abortion. That's crazy, man. So these things are now starting to make me look at things differently mm -hmm. when it comes to abortion. Um, I understand through Ifa that we are all ancestors reborn. I, I have no doubt about that whatsoever. I've too many readings, too many things revealed. I'm 
150,000% locked into that. Right. But then the question was still, but at what point does that baby become an ancestor? And based upon my reading that I had from Tina that day and things that I read about this woman had this experience she had in her book is really becoming clear to me that I can't tell you what point, but very, very early on, that baby is alive. Mm, never dies. That's the, <laughs> I think that's the thing is that we, we think of death as here in the Western world, we think of death as an annihilation and it's not an annihilation. It's only the disintegration of the vessel that holds the true life. Uh, we are conscious on the other side, which is how, as Ifa teaches, we are able to choose our destiny. For us to be able to choose our destiny, we must first be conscious. So we are alive before uh, we are called from the spirit realm to come through the womb of a woman. Now, I too have just come to this understanding through Ifa. But before Ifa, uh, once I was old enough to understand things like uh, viability and uh, when could a fetus be aborted and when it couldn't, uh, I've always believed that uh, that life began at that time i believe that life began upon conception and now uh i'm more of the belief that life never stops night life never stops uh conception uh the carrying of a child and the giving birth of a child are just parts of the entire process of being alive there 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 is no death that the way we think about death doesn't exist now i understand that uh that the universe manifests itself in duality there's black and white up and down on and off but i also know that life is lived in the gray area that is lived in the in-between so there will always be uh cases when abortion may be necessary you know they they talk greatly about um incest rape uh the fetus and things like that when i say that i'm against abortion i mean to say that i'm against abortion as a means of uh birth control right and when when abortion is being used as a means of birth control that's what I'm against. And when and even though I say that I'm against it, that does not mean that I am against you choosing to have an abortion. You can choose to have an abortion. Uh, and we can talk about that in another episode about uh, what type of energy that may or may not put out and how that energy is dealt with us as individuals. But that's what I mean when I say that I'm against abortion, when it's abortion. 
uh, as a means of birth control. I know you know what I mean when I say that. Right. And and I feel like if we went back to the times of yesteryear, right, there wasn't abortion in some of these ancient civilizations. Of course not. But they had birth control. They used herbs for birth control. They understood that um, when a woman could get pregnant, which is when she's ovulating, mm-hmm. and how to track ovulation. So if she's ovulating, you can either just abstain from sex during that period or don't ejaculate in. So there's ways around abortion as we know it today. Right. But if we went back to a society that we look at in 2022 as being primitive, when if you could probably resurrect those people from the dead with the consciousness from back then, they probably would look at us as being primitive. Exactly. Yes, we have definitely devolved. And and you mentioned rape. And I even have an outlook on that. A friend of the family, um, he was kind of like a grandfather to me. Um, he had a housekeeper. He had a lot of money. And um, his housekeeper was a black woman. She was she was an older lady as well. Um, she really wasn't probably that much younger than he was, but she had been his housekeeper for decades. Like at this point, she was like family. So at one point when she was in her younger years, she was raped. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that rape, she was pregnant. She got pregnant. And instead of aborting the baby, she carried it to term and gave it up for adoption. Mm. Now, let me pause real quick with that. I'm not saying that that is an easy task. Right. Right. I'm not saying, oh, if you get raped, eh, just get a baby up for adoption. Like it's not a big deal. And I and I want to make sure that I am being sensitive because I understand that some people are going to look at this conversation as taboo for two men to have exactly. because we can't get pregnant and we can't carry a baby and we can't give birth. You know, so I'm I'm trying to be sensitive to the topic. And this is why I really don't have a strong opinion either way of you you should, you know, uh, have abortions or you shouldn't or whatever. It's just interesting things that I've seen in my lifetime that where I can see things from, from, from both sides. So she gave the baby up for the adoption. Baby was adopted by a nice family. And that baby was a son, grew up to be like president, CEO of a big corporation. 
And he found his mother, his birth mother. And they formed a relationship. And he was appreciative of the fact that she didn't abort him and gave him up for adoption. And he had this amazing family. And he used to, you know, pay for her all expense paid to do this big long cruise once a year and amongst other things. Mm. Now, I understand it could probably be painful for her to have kept him. And maybe he maybe she knew the attacker. Or maybe she at least saw the attacker. And maybe he looked like the attacker. And maybe every time she looked at her son, she would replay that. Right. You know, or maybe he doesn't look like the attacker. And just the fact that he was conceived in that way, it would it would be too hard for her to care for the child. I understand that. And I'm not even saying that she is wrong or would have been wrong if she would have aborted the baby. It's just a, a different outlook on a situation where they went the other way and um, the baby was here, he was successful in all the ways that we in the Western world judge success, he was able to have, you know, a relationship with his, with his mother or his birth mother. And it kind of all turned out well in the end. And I think sometimes those things are maybe in a weird way supposed to happen that way. Man, you know, that's a, that's kind of like a, uh, <laughs> that's a sticky subject, man, that I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure we will uh, eventually tackle uh, because when you say that something like that was to was supposed to happen, like a woman was supposed to be raped, and uh, man, that's a that's a that's a sticky subject. I agree that uh, I don't want to get too far into that because I know that we'll eventually have uh, uh, an episode concerning that subject but uh yeah that's a that's a sticky subject and you can come off as sounding uh abrasive but i want i want right. to ask you a question about something that you said you said that uh that you don't have strong feelings one way or the other but prior to that you said that uh you wanted to be sensitive to the topic because you know, there uh, is going to be seen as taboo by some women for us to be talking about this subject. So do you think that the reason that you're not claiming to have uh, strong feelings on either side is because of that reason is because of what uh, women might say? No. So. So right now I'm in the process of doing a um, chakra rebalancing process. Mm. You know, start at the root chakra, go all the way up to the crown chakra. And what I understand in my study of the root chakra, that's the chakra I'm currently on, is that the issues that you have as an adult that affect the root chakra started doing your second trimester. Wait, wait, wait. Started doing okay. Yeah, while your when your mom was pregnant with you? 
in, mm-hmm. in the second trimester, that is when the root chakra, whether it's in a or out of alignment, starts to form. Hmm. And then that goes into how was mom feeling about the pregnancy or being pregnant in the first place? How was she feeling about the relationship with your father? Her process of, you know, giving birth, all these different things, right? And that if mom doesn't want you in the first place, and you are feeling those emotions, and then that could play itself out to affecting that root chakra, and then having you, because the root chakra is the having everything else misaligned, and it could cause you serious problems throughout your life. It can cause end up causing depression. It could cause you to act out, hurt yourself, hurt other people. So I'm sensitive to that. Like, what if mom wanted an abortion, but she couldn't? And because she couldn't, there's all these negative emotions that then affect you. You become an adult. You lash out at somebody and do something to somebody or yourself because of these negative emotions and all that could have been avoided if she was able to abort you with what she wanted to do. That's deep. So it's those types of things that like, man, like I get it. Like, you know, you, you, you hear people as adults, you know, life they feel is, is just completely in shambles. I wish I was never born. Well, what if your mom didn't want you to be born and just was unable to make that decision because it's illegal. So that is the thing. And what I'm realizing through spirituality in my older age is that I'm sensitive to the feelings of others, to where I pick up on things, and it it does make me feel a certain way. Mm. You know, even when I'm on social media and I'm reading certain comments of people being negative, I just got to stop reading them. Like, you know what, I can't even, I can't even deal. So I can, I can see it both ways. And just because I'm having a spiritual journey and because I see and accept things and I live a certain way, doesn't mean that this is going to take hold for the next person. I agree. So that's the thing that keeps me kind of in a place that I think everybody should have free will. Life is about choices. The choices that you make in in heaven, the choices that you make here on earth, and the choices that you make by seemingly not making the choice. Mm. And so I think you should have the choice to do what it is that you want to do. But I do really believe that, that really at the end of the day, this whole thing is really just about politics. It's not really about women's rights. It's really not about um, getting out of the way so that that either women can make a choice for themselves or, you know, the Supreme Court saying, hey, we don't want to be big government and and tell everybody what to do. We're going to push that down to the, the people that you elected in your state. 
You know, I just think it's all politics. Like there was things that I was reading about um, about Norma McCorvey that kind that came across like ah, she was the perfect person to move forward with this. She came at the right time, kind of like Rosa Parks. How she wasn't the first um, woman to refuse to give up her seat on the bus, mm. but because of issues that would make the woman who kind of would have been spearheading this thing not as attractive to the public, it's let's wait till we get the right person. Right. So I feel like it was all, it's a, so much politics in all of this. And I believe this is happening on the back end of COVID. Because once you got COVID, and now you have the states, or excuse me, you have government mandating to you what you have to put into your body. Mm-hmm. Then you are giving them to right to mandate what you do with your body. Right, right. So it's 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 the the, the opposite side of the same coin. And I said this on social media way back when when the the, the whole conversation of uh, mandating vaccines came out, I said, all right, you know, you may be pro vaccine, but they're going to use this to eventually do something that you're not going to be pro. Right, 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 right. That was a dry run. I, 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 I really believe that the mandate for, uh, you know, masks and lock, locking uh, places down and things like that was uh, to see how far they could actually go with issuing mandates. See, I'm against the mandate. I'm against the mandate completely. This is why I am more leaning toward the overturning of Roe v. Wade because to me, Roe v. Wade was a mandate from the federal government telling states that are supposed to be sovereign what they have to do. Now, when things like that happen, I always try to make them small. I try to make them smaller than they are and put them uh, in the perspective of, say, a family or an extended family or even a city to try to come to some conclusion. And I'm just against the, the mandate. If the people of a state have chosen representatives and and not that I agree with the type of government, but this is just what it is. Right. Uh, If the people of a state have elected a representative and the people of that state decide that we that we don't want abortions here. Then. That's just what it is. That's the type of government that we live under. Just like I believe every household should be autonomous. We should be able to say, you and I have said for our families, we're not doing the vaccine. And every house should be able to be autonomous. And when you extrapolate from the house to the state, that's that's how I see it. I don't think anybody on my street should be able to tell me what I can do in my own home, uh, just like I don't think that the federal government or the central government should be able to tell the states what to do. Now, but 
I got another question for you though, because you said something else. Uh, so what about murder? Let's 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 remove politics. Let's let's uh remove abortion for a second, and let's just talk about murder, a conscious being taking the life of the way we view life and death, taking the life of another conscious being. Should that just be a choice that someone should be able to make without repercussion? Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Because then that's when you are now infringing upon somebody else. Now, I'm glad you said that. So when... You know, when I was in when I was in prison, I was a voracious reader. Uh, I I formed a love for reading in prison. So, without prison, there's no me. Without prison, you wouldn't be me. But uh, at one point, I was I had a subscription to Time Magazine, and uh, no, I'm lying, not Time Magazine, Newsweek. I was I had a subscription to Newsweek, and this was at a time when they were talking about abortion again and they were talking about viability and they were saying that a child is not viable until this gestation or a child is not viable until such and such gestation. And there was a case of a woman who was pregnant with a child who was considered to not be viable at the time. However, they were able to cut open this woman remove this fetus that is not viable, take it out of the sack and perform surgery on this fetus that is not viable, put it back in the mother's womb and it go to full term. I remember seeing the pictures of uh, the sack and the fetus inside of the sack before the incision was made and thinking about that. And the question was asked, if, a fetus that is not viable or said to not be viable can be a patient at a hospital. Is it alive? Is it a, is it a life? And if you decide to abort that child, is it murder? What, what are your thoughts about that? Mm, that's heavy. Um, man. I would say it's hard for me to say whether it's murder or not. I would say it's, it, it could be in breach of your contract. <laughs> <laughs> to, not say, to not say murder, right? Or in breach of your contract to, to not carry a, a, a child to term. Once they once the egg and, and the sperm create that chaos that brings forth life, you know, it could be a breach of your contract. Um for me to say it's not murder, I'm looking through it through a lens from my Western eyes and my Western upbringing. Mm -hmm. for me to say it is murder 
I'm looking at it from a spiritual standpoint. Hmm. I know the consequence of murder is jail. So with that, I would say, in this instance, I would say, no, it's not murder. Is it killing? Because I do. It really is killing. Right. There's a difference yeah, between killing. murder and killing. I, and I agree. I, I really do agree that there's a difference between murder and killing. You know, if I uh, do a drive by and hit somebody, that's 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 murder. Right. Uh, if you break into my home and I end your life, I killed you. I didn't murder you. Correct. <laughs> I agree a thousand percent. That self-defense erases a concept of murder and and you can go to any religious, spiritual um, source that I've ever come across and self-defense, you're good. Right. You know, but, but yeah, I, I, I would have a hard time in that instance saying murder I wouldn't even go to the extent of saying abortion is murder regardless of of what trimester they're in because well let me let me back up because it gets sticky <laughs> right because <laughs> I would say this if a woman is pregnant and you got beef with her and you stab her in the stomach and kill her and the baby, you 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 committed two murders. Man, you know, I was gonna bring that up to you. I completely forgot about it. I was gonna even if you don't kill her, if you push her down the stairs and the baby dies, a baby that she wanted to keep, that's murder. But see, my thing is this though, and I think it might get sticky. In, in the situation of fairness, if if she can abort that baby at that time and not be considered murder, I don't think it's fair that if you push her down and essentially kill the baby, you should go to jail for murder. And I, you know, I agree with you a hundred percent, but we both know that if you cause the death of her fetus you you just you know intuitively that you've taken a life and i think uh and i think we know that i think we know that as a society too and that's why uh if it happens uh you'll go to jail i think uh I, so i got another question for you then uh I think that there are a lot of issues that uh, white women, uh, and I'm not being uh, racist. Uh, Y'all know I'm married to a white woman, but I just call black, black, and red, red. The uh, There are a lot of issues that white women have taken up that it seems to me that black women have attached their hitch to. And I and I really believe that abortion is one of those things. Now, if we take away abortion and just call it the right to choose, the right to choose what to do with your own body, man, that was that was a white woman's issue. That was a white woman trying to get from under the thumb 
of her white husband. Uh, and I just, I, how do you, how do you feel about that? What do you, what do you think about that? Well, to qualify my response, I was two classes away from having a bachelor's degree in women's studies. Actually, women's <laughs> studies was my minor. Right. You know. Um, so I, I know a little bit about this topic. And you are you are correct. It wasn't something that that we took up. Um that wasn't one of our things, but I think what has happened, and you know, this is a topic for another day, but as the breakdown of the black family came in, mm. um, the discord between black men and black women, women, black women found allies in other groups right. that they previously weren't allied with. I don't blame black women for that. I blame us for that. Mm. To be perfectly honest, I blame us 100% for that. If, if we get our stuff back together, if we embrace our Black women like we should, then Black women's causes and Black men's causes would be allied. And, you know, there will, ne there will no longer be any division. Mm. Again, and then while we're talking about the political aspect of it. I mean, in many ways, this has nothing to do with Black people because in this country, matter of fact, in 21 of the top 22 countries where there is a decline, a um, population decline, they are all white slash European countries. And that's really to me what it's about what what abortion in this country is i think in the next 20 years this will be a brown country and people are like whoa wait a minute we need more white babies mm -hmm. and i don't actually have an issue with that i don't have an issue with people of any race or animals of any species saying wait a minute we need more bodies you know our numbers are dwindling I don't have any, I don't have a problem with that. I think any sane group, again, animals included, would try to find a way for their species to survive. But even, even at the, the detriment of another species? Well, on its face, more white babies being born does not necessarily have to be a detriment to any other race. Well, I was I was thinking I was leaning more toward um, us knowing that the these are where these abortion clinics are placed and uh, kind of more talking about what I've heard about the founding of with Margaret Stanger. Right. Planned the eugenic society, yeah. eugenics and things like that, right? So, so it's it it would seem that uh, the increase in white babies being born uh, would have to mean the decline of black and brown babies being born, because as you say, the way that things are going, this would be a brown country in twenty years, and I agree that. 
you know, white people are saying, uh, we can't have this happen. And, and, you know, and history repeats itself. There are, there are places where, uh, the black population, uh, heavily outweigh the white population, like in, uh, South Carolina, uh, during, uh, slavery and things like that and I think that they are afraid of uh, retribution uh, uprisings and things like that uh, but yeah man I think we could talk about this subject for <laughs> right days and days and days and days man we could we could we could be here forever talking about this subject absolutely absolutely I is uh, is a great subject obviously and there's other different areas that we can go in in regards to this subject um for all the listeners out there please send us any comments um, on the anchor app you can leave us a voice message let us know what you think about uh roe v wade what do you think about abortion let us know when do you think life starts please you know, we're, we're interested um, to knowing your opinions. You know, we want to have a conversation. You know, you can shoot us an email, leave us a comment. Um, hit us up on social media for those who have our social media. And let's continue the conversation, continue the conversation um, with your friends and your family. So that's a wrap for us. Please continue on your own individual journey. Continue to grow. Continue to evolve. Continue to think outside the box. Remember, life's a journey. Don't forget the map. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Who Made Y'all Priest podcast. We would love for our listeners to interact with us. So leave us a voice message on the Anchor app or send us an email at wmyp at yahoo.com. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and tell a friend.